Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Menlo Midweek. I'm Mark. And I'm Jessica. And today we're so excited because we get to chat with Cheryl. Yay. I love being with you guys in this setting. This I would rather do this than preach, actually, to be honest, because this is super fun. It is. Because it's more of a dialogue and yeah. preaching yeah. is so one way. You want us to just get up on stage with you next yeah. time and we'll just <laughs> yeah, we we'll dialogue. Preach yeah. with some blue chairs on stage. <laughs> yeah. It might not fit in the twenty uh, some minutes that they want, but <laughs> That's fine. But it's fun. Yeah. Well, Cheryl, we're so glad that you're here. And you are also one of the people that helped shape this series that we're in, Being Human. Mm. So from what you thought it was going to be, we're now in week three. Is it going the way you were hoping it was going? Is it off on the Did right Adam foot? Did Adam totally Did ruin Adam it? Did Adam just take it to a different place? <laughs> no. I, and I will say Adam actually gets more credit in shaping it. Mm, um, okay. We, what I'm trying to do is just... Uh, pull in different communicators and let them kind of ground the the series. And so Adam gets more credit than me. And then to be honest, I was on vacation. So mm. I only heard this last week, but it sounded great to me. And I love Adam's <laughs> preaching. Um, he's so creative yeah. and he's just uh, so thoughtful in how he approaches. So um, yeah, feeling, feeling excited about it. <laughs> and it was fun to, it's always fun to work with Adam. So yeah. Well, I was, I can already hear the mountains of emails coming in. Where were you on vacation? The oh, people yeah. need to know. Yeah, they do. They need to know that I was on a five-day backpacking trip with a group of women, uh, and it was a blast. It was in Colorado, and uh, it was a blast, but it was a, I don't know what we can say online, a booty kicker. I don't know if you say butt <laughs> kicker. We can censor that. Yeah. We'll bleep it out to. if we have okay. to. We'll uh, look up the rules. We uh, We spent two nights at almost 13,000 feet and there was a huge storm and I felt like I was in an Everest movie, which is so (laughs) sad that we don't even live in real time anymore. It's everything that's real. We like go, oh, this feels like this movie (laughs) or this feels like this, you know know what I mean? Like literally we're in our tent and there's like 60, 70 mile mile an hour winds. It's pushing the tent down on us. We're got our beanies on. We're in our bags. And I'm saying to these women that I'm sharing this tent with, I'm like, you guys, we're in an Everest movie. Seriously. But here's the deal. We were in our own movie. Yeah, oh, Here sure. I am like, anyway. So, but it was, it was fantastic. What was the mountain you were on? We were in an area of Colorado called the San Juans, okay. uh, that range. So you were in the San Juans movie. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Nice. We were at uh, Twin Lakes. That's the area that we were camping, but there's so many Twin Lakes. I don't even know which, but anyway, yeah. it was Twin Lakes in the San Juan Mountains near our, we left out of a base camp in Del Norte. Del Norte. I kept calling it Del Norte, Colorado, but it's Del Norte. Del Norte. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the locals call it. It sounds exciting and yeah. terrifying and all of everything. If you ha- are walking and then you have at night you don't get good sleep after five days. I'm sure that's just and like, when you're oh. old, lacking. <laughs> no, seriously, it's real. Like who was yeah. old on the trip? All of it. The, the youngest person was <laughs> nice. like 35, and I was one person is months older than me, but we were okay. both p- pushing the late 50s. So, <laughs> and old. I will say for yeah. those of you who don't know, Mark also climbed a mountain recently. Yes, I did do that. Yeah, so why don't you talk about that? 
Well, this is the new mountain climbing yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk about mountain climbers. We're going to talk about our mountains. I cannot. Uh, he climbed to that. He climbed Whitney, which is yeah. legit. His own Everest, largest, highest uh, mountain. In, it's the highest fourteener in in the lower forty eight, as they say, right? Yeah, yeah. I was tripping out for a moment because Matt, Matt, my brother, we uh -huh. climbed it together, uh, and he was just like, for a couple minutes, like we were the tallest people, like we were up the highest out of yeah. everyone. That's yeah. we weird. Like, Whoa, that's weird. That but yeah, weird. it wasn't quite as long as yours. I think you might have done a lot more miles or more yeah. days. We were only yeah. up there for two nights, yeah. but it was a really fun, very challenging. At at times, I did say, "This is my Everest. Yeah. I you just need to take <laughs> another step," and it was just okay so the best thing that was like it was just the icing on the cake so we we were up there for a night and it was really hard and we didn't make it all the way we were about halfway up we went to sleep woke up the next day we summited the mountain which was tough and then we went down to the other side to sleep for one more night and before we went to bed we found a snickers bar that i pack ratted away and forgot that i had oh my gosh. that was the best snickers bar i've ever had in my life we that had, sounds like one of those snickers commercials right you know when you like turn into a different person Menlo or whatever like mountain you're climbing hungry. sponsored by snickers <laughs> get some uh, free plug. snickers for yep. this yeah snickers. i had snickers com. on my trip too i oh. bought them in oh, the yeah. very last second at a like a little store that we stopped at before yeah. getting to base camp and i grabbed two snickers and one <laughs> They so they were good. the highlight of my trip, so right? So funny. And I don't oh, normally wow. eat Snickers anymore because again, either, yeah. old. But um, yeah, I might become. I might have to go back to the Snickers. Definitely for hiking. It's just yeah. there's something about it. It's yeah. the perfect salty sweet. Salty sweet. Yep. Chew, it, fe it feels heavy, which yeah. is nice. If you're connected to Big Snickers, you know, <laughs> get us a sponsorship yeah. and uh, <laughs> make it make it happen. Nice. Anyways, mm. David and Goliath mm. is what we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, yeah. not really, but yeah, we are. all right. So you preached, and why don't you give us a little summary for those of you, for those people who missed it? Yeah. So talked about David and Goliath, and really what I was wanting to do somewhat. I, you know, if I'd had more time, we can get into this, but mm -hmm. uh, really deconstruct in some ways how we tend to look at the David and Goliath story, mm -hmm. which we tend to look at it as, you know. We've all, you know, we haven't all, but some of you have been to youth camp and, you know, you name your Goliath and then you go get some rocks and you write your whatever. Your you write name. on the paper and you tear yeah. it up and you throw it in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't been to youth camp. What are you talking about? Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the typical thing is to look at Goliath as a personification of your fears or your challenges. And I talk about that. Um, but really uh, what. Uh, uh, really one of my favorite reads when I'm looking at the Old Testament is a scholar who teaches at Cal Berkeley, Robert Alter, um, who is kind of an expert on Hebrew narrative. And mm. so he points out that really this story is not so much about Goliath is your fears and be like David, but and you know, go after your fears. But really, there's two forms of heroism going on here, and what constitutes Goliath's courage and what constitutes David's courage. Mm. And so that's really the the theme of the sermon. At some level, is just um, what do we gain from looking at these two different ways of 
of courage, which I, I think, I don't know if I say this in the sermon, but, you know, kind of a false courage that's that's Goliath's mm. courage, which I think is really kind of pop psychology right now, which is hmm. get positive, don't even think about your fears, visualize mm. your, your desired outcome, and you'll get there, you know? Mm. And then you have David, which I would say would be a more faithful and faithful um courage that's grounded in a experience of God and Yahweh his his the God of the Israelites and anyway so that's that's kind of where I go so it's kind of like because Goliath is so big he's just like I have the courage because I'm a big guy right, right? and then but with David it's like I should lose this battle just by looking at this the situation yeah <laughs> looking at David versus Goliath physically and even he's a shepherd, right. he has three rocks and a yep. slingshot. Yep. But because he has the faith and the courage from Jesus, that's when he actually gets to win, right? Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think, and I think it's interesting because really actually um, David steps in with a whole lot of courage, if right. you will. Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, he's like, send me, I'll go, you know, and Saul's kind of like, okay, little guy, <laughs> we don't have anyone else, you <laughs> yeah. go. Um but but his courage, yeah, to your point, Jessica, his courage is grounded in an experience of God. He's yeah. seen God protect him. He's seen God show up in his every day. And, um, and Goliath is, I'm big, I'm strong. And, and what Robert Alter notes uh, is that he, there's this description of his armor, and the author's really wanting you to know he's putting a lot of his faith in that armor. Um, he's got the latest and the greatest. Mm-hmm. He's got the high-tech armor. And here's little, you know, David, who does have a weapon that it's, you know, we think of it as a slingshot. It wasn't. He was in the, in I think it's first or second Kings, they talk about the slingers mm-hmm. and they defeat an army. Um, and because the sling that David carried really was a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's more that thing you picture swinging over your head. And uh, so he had a weapon, but it was a weapon that he had seen God uh, use and a weapon that he had mm-hmm. worked on in his everyday shepherding. Mm-hmm. So you see David's faith and his courage really be gr- being grounded in this everyday relationship with God out shepherding in his prayer life, of course, the Psalms, I talk about that a little bit. And then again, yeah, you have, you have this giant who's kind of, his courage is, I got, I got my size, I got my mm-hmm. armor, and we can do that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be fine, because when are we tempted to be prayerless? We're tempted to be prayerless when we're like, oh, that's not even going to be a big deal for me, mm. right? Which I think it was a little bit of, of Goliath. This isn't a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. They're sending out a little kid. I got all that I need and and I can do that, right? I got my like all of us were feeling if you're if you put your faith in your stock portfolio, which maybe I do sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for my future. Mm-hmm. Um last summer, I'm like, I'm killing it, you know, or or you know, last year I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. No no worries about my retirement, you know? Mm-hmm. And then come January, February of this year, it's like, <laughs> oh, maybe I should pray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is looking really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, And I love how you contextualize it to not just, you know, us as a people, but you got even granular as like, 
David knew what David had. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was capable of, and mm-hmm. he knew like the tools that God had gave given him in mm-hmm. the past. That's what he went to because he saw faith in that. But he also saw like that's something that's unique to me. It's mm-hmm. not like you know, I prayed this prayer and now God wants me to go pick up this anointed bow and this, you know, this <laughs> external circumstance. It's no, like God is using him as the person just by faith in order to conquer that. And so I thought that was mm. very inspiring. Mm. And it gives me hope because yeah. sometimes I can play the comparison game of, oh, I am the little guy mm. or I do need, I wish I had Saul's armor sometimes and whatever that would be. But this is a no, like, like God wants to, you're uniquely made for you. Yeah. And yeah. I love that piece of it. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. And I think it's it's so easy to to forget about the faithfulness that God has already given you. Mm-hmm. I know like in my life, it's like things get stressful and scary and it's like, is God going to come through? Is God going to provide? And mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then it's like, well, why don't you look back and mm-hmm. see how God has continually provided for you? And it's, mm-hmm. I think, I feel like that's kind of what David is doing mm-hmm. where he's just looking at his like, okay, God took care of me in this and I, I can take care of the sheep and, mm-hmm. and all of these things. And it's like, like you're saying, his his courage is grounded in his faith. And I think for us, it's so easy. I mean, it's probably, mm-hmm. it might've been hard for him too. I mean, there's some Psalms out there that are a little harder, <laughs> you know, that yeah. like, it's it's so easy to just forget and think like, I, I can do this on my own. And it's like, well, I mean, if you look back at your life, like see where God came through and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I think it's definitely something that's something that I think I would take away from this is just remember God's faithfulness and like mm-hmm. keep your faith grounded in mm-hmm. in the past and how that's yeah got you this far. Yeah, where he's shown up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and like you mentioned, you know, certainly uh there's I think what's tempting with any of the Old Testament stories, especially, is this temp- temptation to make these like be like Moses, be like David, mm. be like, mm-hmm. and uh, which really is a moralistic reading of the scripture of, um, yeah, as opposed to, no, and I think this is what we're trying to do in this series too, David's a human. David's just like us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's not as much be like David, although, again, from this particular event, we see some things we would want to emulate, his faith and what he's seen in the past, his mm-hmm. courage when he faces Goliath, all those kind of things. But, but yeah, as we go forward, we're going to see David fail. We're going to see David's life be a little bit messy, mm-hmm. and that's part of the journey, too. Yeah. And when I first read David and Goliath, I don't initially think fruits of the Spirit. So I'm very curious <laughs> as to how you put those two things together, what mm. led you to include that as well, because I thought it was brilliant, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, I would have never thought to have done that. So I'm really curious. Well, it's interesting that you even said, because I don't say that they're the fruits of the spirit, but you picked up on that. Yeah. Okay. So well done. Uh, yeah. It was really Jess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jess. Yeah. Um, you know, I think again... So you have to know something super nerdy about me. Mm-hmm. Um, my doctoral thesis was, the title of my doctoral thesis was Preaching Morality Without Preaching Moralism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like what I just mentioned is the temptation. So the difference is morality is in the scripture. The scripture is filled with commands. It's filled with um you know, imperatives towards holiness. So there are do's and don'ts. The scripture has really culturally disturbing 
concepts in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the sexual ethic of scripture is countercultural. Mm. Um, the uh, even just how we live our life as far as uh, don't lie, don't cheat. Those mm. are not just countercultural. Those are counter to my sin nature, basically, because mm. I'm tempted to lie. I'm tempted to mm-hmm. um, shade the truth. Right. I'm tempted to put myself in the center of the situation rather than love the other person. Um, all those things. So those are there's moral imperatives in the scripture, but the temptation in teaching and preaching scripture is to then become what would be called moralism, which moralism is the idea that um, for you to have favor with God, you need to do all these right things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's moralism. The gospel, of course, is that our right standing with God is a gift. It's a grace through Jesus. So for preaching, there's a temptation to either preach really moralistically, which would be like, be like David, he's the exemplar of your mm-hmm. faith or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or the other temptation is don't even preach morality because it's all grace, right? Mm. Well, hmm. you can't read the whole of scripture and again, get rid of the moral imperative. So how do you preach that? How do you preach how we want to live? So that's a long way around to your question mark, which is the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. right? And so the temptation is for our courage um, to be something I muster up. It's a moralism I have to have to gain God's favor. So I need to be like David so God will like me. Mm. I need to be like David so God will come through for me Mm -hmm. and I'll be able to slay my Goliath, Mm -hmm. right? Well, here's the reality is, um, it's like I mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were open to the fact that God may not deliver them, but it didn't change how they viewed God, mm. right? Yeah. They still were going to worship God. They weren't putting God on a like kind of what I call Christian karma. If I do this, God's got to do this. If I <laughs> yeah. don't do this, then God doesn't, you know. And so as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, what are the things that we need courage for? And the fruits of the Spirit mm-hmm. came to mind, right? Mm. Like it takes courage to be patient. It takes courage to be kind. It takes courage to practice self-control. And so um, how do we get to that? Well, again, moralism says you got to get patient so God will like you. Mm. You've got to get patient to get God to come through for you. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the gospel, which says, if I consider Jesus, he's working a fruit of the Spirit in me which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and the go- a gospel-motivated transformation is worship. Mm-hmm. I see Jesus and I want to be like him. I want him to form this into me. I want to join in the process of what we, the big word is sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus. That's Mm -hmm. a biblical term for when Paul says, you are a new creation. That new creation is the beginning of your sanctification, becoming more like Jesus. So it's a, it's, it's a more of actually, I think it's interesting when the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in John, he's talking about the Holy Spirit in John 14 and John um, 
16. And remember in the middle, he tells a story that I think he's trying to give a picture of. This is what it looks like to live in the work of the Spirit in you. It looks like I'm the vine, Mm -hmm. my father is the gardener, and you're the branch. And so transformation through the Spirit and the growth of the fruit of the Spirit comes from an abiding, right, and Mm -hmm. a a remaining, a getting near to God. Mm -hmm. And who, who holds on to who in a vine? Right, the branch doesn't hold on to the vine. The vine holds on to the branch. The mm. branch extends yep. it. So, anyway, I mean, this is such a bigger topic that we could spend like <laughs> hours and hours on. But yes, I think what I I didn't want to end the sermon with. So now go be David, um, muster it up because I had actually just said that's exactly what that's that's Goliath courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's. David courage that's been rooted in the everyday, grounded in the faith and the experience that's growing his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's what, here's what Jesus does for us, right? He's the author and the perfecter of our faith or, or the finisher of our mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. He, and, and so he's not saying, hey, get more faith. He's saying, hey, here's faith. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it to you as a gift. And if you receive it, and if you um, join in this relationship with me, I'm going to start producing things in you. Now, it does invite our cooperation, mm-hmm. right? It's not passive, mm-hmm. but it invites this relational cooperation. It's like your marriage, right, Mark? Like, you know, it's not like you do everything or Missy does everything, you join together to cooperate in the growth of that relationship and suddenly you start to see some things show up, right? You you start to see yourself because of your love for Missy, um, you see your impatience and now you seek to become more patient, right? Now, if it was just your duty to Missy, Mm -hmm. like, well, I got to hold this marriage together. Rah, 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 rah. I better be patient, right? Yeah, I never think that's, that. He says yeah. that all the time to me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to get you so far. That's going to help. I mean, it's not going to be a bad thing. Okay, so you say I got to be more patient with my wife, right? But I will just say this. I would suggest this. I don't know. I'm not you. I'm not in your marriage. But I'm going to suggest that it won't last long. Mm. That if your motivation is simply I need to, I've got a duty to Missy, mm-hmm. and I and I I want to be seen as a married guy. I don't know. I don't want to lose my marriage because I like being married. Is very different motivation than I love this woman. She captured my heart. Some days I hate her. <laughs> Some days I'm frustrated. <laughs> but on most days, and and again, if the Psalms show us that that's David's relationship with God, right? Yep. 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 He adores him. He adores God. He loves God. He's thankful to God. But some days he's frustrated with God. Some days he's wondering if God's even there. He is doubting. He is struggling with all those things. But at the root of David's transformation and David's courage in this case is a, I want Yahweh to be known. I want everyone to know his power. Mm. Not, I want everyone to know me, David's power. Now, he goes down some roads later that are more about him, <laughs> yeah. but we'll get there. Yeah. So, anyway. Welcome to Being Human 3.5. <laughs> another, that's like a whole sermon. That was so great. <laughs> I have like so many thoughts, I don't even know where to begin. I just appreciate all of the 
how you take all of these things and kind of distill them down to make them all make sense together. Because mm-hmm. as you're talking, and as you've said, each one of these things could be an hour. So I'm sure you want to include more. Mm-hmm. Was that already covered or was there some more stuff that you would have wished you could have thrown in there as well? You know, I think I did, um, you know, yeah, every time I write a sermon, I, I rewrite it uh, like f- at least five times. And there are definitely more things that end on, up on the cutting room floor because, you know, like the temptation with this sermon really would have been to turn it into more of a seminary lecture because, mm. like I said, my nerdy background, my doctoral thesis, like I could have just wanted to go into the weeds big time on moralism and morality and transformation Mm -hmm. and what does it mean for God to change us and and God to, you know, for us to cooperate with him towards courage as opposed to just the the David suck it up. So I don't know. I tried to thread the needle a little bit, but yeah, there's so much nerdy stuff that I'd (laughs) and 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 that I'm fairly passionate about because again, I don't I think one of the things that is gets really confusing in the church at times is uh, even though people, I think we've tended as a culture more towards the, what I would say, licentiousness and abusing grace. Hmm. Um, you know, well, I'm saved by grace, God loves me, so it really doesn't matter how I live, which again, the marriage analogy is perfect because to get married and then to say to Missy, <laughs> probably doesn't really matter how I, I live because you married me, we're in relationship, mm. you're loving and kind, I'm going to have five affairs and um, and be mean, right? No, it does matter how mm-hmm. you live it out, mm-hmm. um, even though you've been given the grace of her commitment to you and the covenant of marriage that you've entered into and all those kind of things. So we contend towards that, but but I still think there's something in us as I talk to people, as I sit across the table with my friends who are exploring faith, there is something that is this kind of innate, um, I'm not good enough. I need to get gooder. I need to get better. Mm. I need to try harder. Mm. And then sometimes they do come to this beautiful, gracious faith of Jesus that's been a gift to them. And they get into the church, and maybe they say, yeah, I was saved by grace, but now I got to really try hard to get God to keep loving me, Mm -hmm. as opposed to God continues to love me. And, you know, as Paul says, it's his, the love of Christ that compels us forward. It's, it's his love that actually transforms us. Um, and and does make us different. So we are called into, we are invited to have the fruits of the Spirit um, being formed in us by the Spirit with our cooperation and, and in relationship. That's why the Christian life is really better um, seen as a relationship mm-hmm. than a, um, you know, dutiful drudge through religion. Um, so I don't know. So yeah, I have so many thoughts about all those things <laughs> that I think really can set people on a wrong course in their journey with Jesus. Mm. Um, and even then how we treat others, right? And mm-hmm. and I can be tempted towards this, that uh, my expectation, I'm so gracious with myself and the slow growth. Remember, fruit takes time to grow, mm. right? Yep. And so that's a beautiful picture that that is that Paul uses that this isn't going to happen in an instant. It's not going to happen overnight. 
Um, and so I'm very thankful personally for the time that it takes for these things to grow. But for everybody else in the room, I'd mm -hmm. really like you to get that right away. All <laughs> 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 right? Yes. So there's, I think there, there's just so much in there that I feel like convicted <laughs> by, honestly. And I know that's something I've used to struggle with. I mean, I still do, but more so of like, I'm reading my Bible every day and I'm doing this devotional and I'm in a small group and I'm tithing <laughs> and I go to church. Like, why isn't everything working out for me the way that I think it should be working out? And I still like, you know, struggle in a sense with that. But um, as you were preparing this message, were there any things like that that had come up for you that maybe you had to wrestle with a little bit so that you felt maybe <laughs> maybe you felt more comfortable telling other people to do it because, yeah. you know, you couldn't do it or whatever? Yeah, I appreciate that question because actually it fits with even Mark your your question. I, probably, if I had more time, I would have spent more time on the um, the reality that uh, when we face our fears, God doesn't always um, remove the fear hmm. or take away the circumstance that we want to be taken away. Yeah. That's that's what makes the David and Goliath story a little difficult because it is it does wrap up with a pretty neat bow mm -hmm. at the end. And I mean you guys know my story. I mean I I'm single never married. That was not my hope or dream for my life. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, I've prayed and prayed and asked God to change that when I was young and all those kind of things. Um I've watched, I think, some of the hardest things for me in the past um, five years, uh, uh, you know, prayers for healing for friends and to then um, see them die. Mm. Um, you know, I mentioned the things that some people in my world and my life are struggling with right now. And I don't know how, I know God is present. I know God uh, will show up, I, but I don't know that that means that the tumor will go away mm. or the marriage will get easier or the child will overcome addiction. Um, I know for, like I have m multiple friends with children with learning differences or um, special needs, mm -hmm. and those aren't going to go away. Um, and that's where, again, I think where I wanted to take the sermon at the end was to that place of where I mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But really, Jesus in the garden is, to me, one of the most profound moments in all of Scripture, where the God of the universe, and I, the Trinity is such a crazy mystery, but it's so significant to our faith. Mm. The God of the universe is talking to the God of the universe. <laughs> and um, and asking, Jesus is praying a prayer, and the answer to Jesus's prayer is no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I am brought back to that so often mm -hmm. because I think, again, in the church, what often we do is we're trying to figure out systems to get God to do what we want him to do. Mm -hmm. And if the God of the universe gets a no, guess what? I'm going to probably get some no's yeah. too. Yeah. And um, I think, I don't know if it's Tim Keller or somebody who said, um, you know, if we knew what God knew, then we'd be okay with the no's. Yeah. I think it, what's hard too is there is no denying that 
the the Christian life is is to be lived in the now, but it has to be informed by the eternal. Mm. And so often, you know, you'll hear people say, well, you know, if you're too heavenly minded, you're no, of no earthly good. And I really do think if you're if you mm. don't have any heavenly mindedness in you, you aren't of any earthly good either. Because um, if I'm only living in this space, then the suffering and the tragedies have make not that in, you know I, they don't make sense at all. They don't make sense anyway. But then they really don't make sense. Mm. And um, and that gets into, again, a, a huge, deeper issues of theology of how do we understand sin. We tend to, as Americans, see everything through the lens of self. And so we don't see sin, um, we don't see suffering as global and corporate and the ramifications of sin, which we see in the, you know, when sin enters the world in Genesis 3, it's like a giant tidal wave that then spreads out across the world, right? It's like a tsunami that doesn't just affect Adam and Eve. It, it starts to affect creation. It starts mm. to affect all of humanity. And we want to think, oh, well, my sin only affects me or my sin only affects my little circle. And the reality is that sin, if, if you don't have an understanding of sin and the doctrine of sin, then the under, our understandings of suffering and evil and pain become really shallow. And then again, God is, God is turned into our rabbit's foot or our little thing to manipulate, mm -hmm. or um, we really go towards Christian karma. I think a lot of us live with Christian karma. It's more, yeah. if I do good, then God has to do good. If mm -hmm. I do this, then God has to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, those are all great, great <laughs> thoughts, Cheryl, and we could keep going for hours. Yeah. <laughs> but um, before we wrap up, mm -hmm. uh, what would you like people to remember as they're going throughout this week? Mm. Yeah, I think the thing from this particular sermon that, uh, Two things, I think, and again, you wish you had, I wish I'd had so much more time to develop this, but the idea of faith and courage and all being worked out in our everyday, mm. you know, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, that um, the temptation for me is to compare myself or want my faith or want my courage or want my circumstance or how I walk it all out to be formed in a moment, yeah. like a big event. I go to this big conference, I have a big, <laughs> you know, big moment and and those moments can be helpful but most of our journey with Jesus is in the bit by bit mm -hmm. bit by bit mm -hmm. one day at a time god's forming something in you that he wants to use that's going to maybe show up years later that you aren't, you didn't even know yeah. right and so just to to lean in uh, you know i talk about praying the everyday that David prayed his every day. Mm -hmm. His psalms are such a picture of that. So I love that little psalm book that, that we've mm -hmm. put together and hope we use that. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other piece is, um, you know, if all you heard in the sermon was consider Jesus. Um, courage is faith-based courage, um, lasting courage, courage that allows you to not just get through a circumstance, but live in a circumstance. Because for many people, 
they're living in their circumstance mm-hmm. and it's not going to necessarily be changed. Whether it's your singleness or, you know, if you've traveled to a third world country, I think so often our American Christianity um, is such white privilege. I just want to yeah. put it that way, right? That that there's so many things that we talk about in our Christian faith that the person who's living in a dump in Manila, that's it's not even an option for them. Mm-hmm. They are, and so what does courage, and I've gotten to be in a dump in Manila with people who lived in circumstances I cannot even imagine, what does their courage to live not through the circumstance, but in the circumstance, how is that shaped by the presence of God? How is that shaped? And and I would just say to you, it's shaped by worship. Mm. It's shaped by believing that um, the giver is more beautiful than the gift. And again, we're in our Western Christianity so focused on the gift. What is God going to give me? What Mm. does God have for me? How is God going to rescue me from this as opposed to God? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's enough for me today. So. (laughs) Well. Thanks again for being here. This was so great. Love mm-hmm. talking to you about this stuff. And if you guys missed uh, Cheryl's sermon, you can listen to it right here on this podcast. You can go on YouTube. We've got it there. Um, and we just hope that you connect with us in that way and keep on listening to the series. We've got four more weeks with five. Four. Yep. Next week uh, is me again. And then um, I'm not sure. I can't look. Uh, Adam, it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Go. We got more weeks. Yeah, so campuses stay or something. Tuned. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, really fun series. Yeah. Looking okay. forward to what's coming. So again, yeah. grab that uh, Psalm devotional guide if you haven't yet. Text our team 650-600-0402 if you want us to mail you that if you're out of the area. And text that number as well if, you, if, if you're listening to this and this brought up anything and you want us to help pray with you or walk through something, we'd love to do that for you. So yep. again, Cheryl, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure and cannot wait for the next one. See you guys next week. All right. Same place. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays. And this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.